Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 372 after the whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. And uh, have you heard the news today? Before we get to Thomas Vanek, have you heard the news today? Buffalo um, Sabre related. Uh, negative. Nothing to do I with haven't. our show yesterday. Okay. what uh, What's going on? Tage Thompson will play tonight versus the Detroit Red Wings. He is in the lineup. No, this way. is not fake news. He skated this morning at morning skate, and he has confirmed that he will play tonight. What? Has he even skated with the team yet? So how how can you put a player into your lineup that literally has not skated with the team? Why can't you? Probably just said fuck it. I want to play tonight. Probably heard how our long show. He, yet. How long's he been? Probably out heard for? our show yesterday. Probably heard our show yesterday and decided that you know insert that he wants to take the reins, be the leader, Could use his legs. You know, is, it, is this you, stupid in your opinion? I don't want to say stupid. I would take Tage Thompson back uh, when he when he's able to play, and he's obviously has been um, given the okay to practice, which is what I thought I heard from Don Granato this morning that he was given an okay to practice with the team. But for you to tell me that he's going to play tonight is I don't know, probably be uh, limited. Yeah, probably limited, maybe, yeah. Limited maybe. role, power play. Yeah. Uh, probably not going to be penalty killing, standing in front of a block shot or anything, but power right. play, some five on five. Yeah, and if he's if he's uh, feeling good, and, and I don't think they would put Tage Thompson uh, in a position um, to fail. I don't think they would put him in a vulnerable position where he could get injured um, more. Little surprising that he's back in the lineup because I don't think he's practiced a whole lot with the team. He's been out for uh, how many weeks now? A month? Three weeks? Certainly been missed. He's a huge, massive, massive part of this team. Um, and he's he's a, a welcome addition uh, back. And, and if you have to play him a little bit less, uh, that's okay. But it will be a major, major boost to the locker room. No question. Having a player like that back in your locker room, we, I've had that, uh, I've had that before when I played. When you get guys like that in your locker room, back in the lineup, major, major boost to your team. So, well, I'm sure this doesn't go into the uh, decision making, but I'm. Once this rumbles around town, it will make people want to watch, for sure. They'll want to watch the game a little more tonight because you got, you want to see how Tage Thompson is as he returns. As I don't even know if he's been on the ice. Um, Broken wrist, you know he's been on the bike. He's been doing all that stuff, like like leg stuff. He's he's definitely not sitting out. It's not like he's sitting around. When you're injured with an upper body injury, as long as it's not a concussion, it's life oh, yeah. is hell. Life is yeah. fucking brutal. It's like now you can ride all the bikes, you can do all the leg works, you can do all the sprints, you can do. Oh my god, you almost wish you just blew your knee out. 
<laughs> but then you're but then then you're on the UB machine, you no know, the UBE machine with the arms and the yeah. like or the airdyne. I've saw I've seen guys like have their leg resting on the airdyne thing and they just pump with their arms. Oh, they come up with all creative ways to get you back in shape. Make sure you're working. Um any more to comment on that? I have another thing before we get to Thomas. Just nope, a quick nope. an- analytic. I'm going, to, I'm going to bring some analytics to the show today. Okay, excellent. A friend of mine sent this to me, Coaches Hockey. Um, Megan Cheka, who does a lot of analytics um, around the league. Yep. Uh, odd man rushes against. How are you feeling about your team? The Buffalo Sabres are second last in the league with... Uh, an average of 5.96, let's call it six, odd man rushes against per team. So now, just so people understand. Send it to me. A, that's a two-on-one, a three-on-two. That's, that's an odd man rush. <clears throat> Suppose a breakaway would be considered that as well? Yeah. Um, Los Angeles, number one at 2.57. Okay. Carolina. New Jersey, Vancouver, Florida, Winnipeg, Colorado. Okay. Those are the top teams. What Chicago's, are the bottom teams? Give you the bottom five. Chicago, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and Columbus. That's from the bottom to the to the top. Chicago being the worst, 6.39. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'd have to look into that a little bit more before I, I comment, but just, just letting you know, just, I will, I, I will say that I think that, um, our defense are certainly trying to do their best in adding offense from the back end. Uh, they're, they're very, 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 um, aggressive in the four check. When I say in the forecheck, um, moving up ice, once we're in the zone, uh, there is a tremendous, tremendous amount of movement at the top of the blue lines with Owen Power and Darlene and Samuelson and Yoki Haru. There is a lot of movement that's uh, that's going on with those players, which I think when you're trying to add and, and push for offense, um, you're going to get hurt by it because sometimes you can get undisciplined in your uh, decision-making and the puck's going the other way, which you now are giving up two on ones and three on twos going the other way. So um, something that uh, I certainly would not want to take away uh, that out of the games from, from some of the players on the back end, but it needs to be managed a little bit more. It just needs to be looked at um, where, you know, I think I think that um, you don't have to go in every situation. You're not always having to push for offense. Sometimes you just need to let the play come to you. And 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 one no, player st- comes to mind. Start, start you know Owen no, Power. Well, uh, don't you, no, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. Uh, let's not. Well, just, he's just but, a kid. No, no, let's no. You, you. I love Owen Power. Like I really, really think that Owen Power is going to continue to develop into a very high-end defenseman in this league. He's still very, very young. He's only 21 years old, but they need to calm him down just a little bit. Don't stifle his ability to get up ice with his ability to skate and his and his hockey sense, but right now it's just too much. It's just too much. He needs to be calmed down just a little bit. I think it will help uh, not only himself in his play, but it will also help the team too. Okay, I guess I, I should probably quickly mention yesterday's show before we get to Thomas. Very critical show. A lot of positive feedback, a lot of angry fans. Certainly not trying to to pour salt in a wound here, but uh, a lot of angry fans in Buffalo. And 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 I listen. Someone asked where that came from, and I'll I'll tell you where that came from. It came from twelve years of 
recycled coaches, recycled GMs, recycled players, star players leaving and succeeding. That's the other one. How many guys have to leave and win cups, leave and have career years, leave and excel to start to wonder where the problem lies? And there's only been one constant throughout that entire two things, two constants throughout the entire time that this team has missed the playoffs. And here they are. One, zero physicality. And two, the ownership has been the same. That's the only constant over the last 12 years. So you do the math. No playoffs. Probably going to go on year 13. But Tage is back. So see where it goes. Here's Thomas Vanek. You know when you're out in the ice and you take a big check and the next day you feel all sore and you don't feel well? But when you're injured in a car crash, don't let the insurance company skate off without paying what you deserve. Call Salino at 800-555-5555. Want to win big with your team? Do it at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Bet on all your favorite sports, games, and fights, including pro football, hockey, college sports, boxing, and much more. You decide what to bet on. Points, money lines, planning to parlay your way to a big win. Do it at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. You're late. You know, when I'm when I'm late and know I'm going to be late, I always send a text. I asked Craig to text you. At it's not my telephone. fucking job to fucking text him. I was it's driving. your job. That's I don't not, give a shit. Like, you should not, be at home fucking doing your job. But listen, I mean, I, I said let's yesterday. just sit here and wait. Let's just sit here I, and wait. I don't even want to do a show today. That's fine. That's I got no things offense. to do. Sorry, I was on Shred and Ragging. That's why I was late. So I like going into studio. I like those guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, they, they played the Dylan Cousins sound, which is exactly what I wanted to start with. <laughs> so what'd you say on there? What did I say on there? Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to get into it for a third time. I don't want to sit there and talk about the Sabres. You know, the Sabres are going to work Neither some things I. out. And, um, you know, hopefully they can get, they got some good news today. That'll be a big, uh, a big boost um, for this hockey club. He also um, said that Alex Tuck is about a week, maybe a little bit longer away from being away, which I deem and what I watched in the game the other night is when you have a hamstring, man, they can they can be finicky and naggy. You ever um, have one, Van, a hamstring issue? No, I, I groin issues, but that, that's certainly like, like Riff said, um, it looked like he popped his hammy. It was the, yeah. the strangest thing ever. And then I did see that too today, seven to 10 days. I have no idea what happened. What, what what can happen to buckle you that way and you're a week out? I've popped my hammy. I have popped. I've torn my hamstring. And you were back know. in seven days? Absolutely not. I wasn't even walking straight in, in, in <laughs> a like week. It's like a four-week thing, minimum. Like I couldn't, I couldn't straighten my leg. I had to like, it had to be almost bent at like a 45-degree angle. And the throbbing in my foot was excruciating. It was like, it was pulsating. So yeah. maybe he pulled his hamstring. I don't know the severity of it. Uh, I don't. But if that's what he did, then that's not seven to ten days. That's going to be like seven to ten days. But then the remainder of the season, constant maintenance on it. Yeah, I have well, no listen, idea. I, mean, I just it's... like I said, it's it's just a strange play on the back check. Yeah, and it just just the way he pulls up, I mean, something must have popped. You, you know, that's not uh that to me didn't look like a mild strain. Like you can skate, you know. I mean, I have a groin injuries where you take a step and you feel it, and you're like ah, but you still kind of you know skate it off. You don't just like stop and grab it. Last time I saw someone it. pull up with a hamstring like that, it was Michael Johnson versus Donovan Bailey in the 150 meter sprint at the Sky Dome. <laughs> Donovan Bailey pulled away from him and was exploding, and then Michael Johnson just pulled up with the bad hammy. Yep. Do you remember that riff? I I do. That was one of I the actually biggest do. Days. <laughs> Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson was the uh, two. Wasn't he the two hundred meter record holder? He was yeah. the fastest man in the world. Uh, so, man, what happened? 
what happened was Donovan Bailey was a Canadian sprinter who set the world record at 9.89. Okay. Michael Johnson was a 200 meter sprinter from the U S who ran an under 9.89 hundred meter during the 200 meter race. So they had this big spectacle event at the sky dome in Toronto and they, I think the winner got a million bucks and the other guy got a half million. And I think they bet e- their money against each other. And Bailey and Michael Johnson raced each other. It was like a, it was like a massive event. It was like a fucking like super who is the who really is man the, the fastest world. man in the world, right? They're taking two Olympic gold medalists from, from not, not, not that long ago from the Olympics and they sprint and they race and Bailey it was a it was tight out of the gate and then Donovan Bailey just started to pull away like he was going to absolutely crush him and then Michael Johnson you know pulled up at the hammy but i think Tuck's actually really hurt oh i'm sure well, he's it, hurt but even if just, he is the, the timetable just doesn't make sense but again that's like Red said that's really good news if it's if he somehow just tweaked it and that's 7 to 10 days it's uh, yeah. i mean obviously in the situation they're in a lot better than 4 to 6 weeks yeah do you play fantasy football at all, Vanner? Yes, I do. Okay, so you know that when a guy like Justin Jefferson, right in your uh, backyard, Minnesota, pulled mm-hmm. up with a hammy, you know, tweaked it right on the field doing a route, um, and he was out for, well, he's still he was, out. He's still out, but he could have probably come back, um, you know, in week 12, but they elected to give him another that week off because then they had the bye week in week 13. The point is you have a player that tweaked his hamstring, which he was out for four weeks. Um, you look at players in the, in the NFL that tweak their hamstrings that get put on long-term I or the, the IR, which is you're out for four weeks minimum. And when I saw Alex Tuck back checking on that play and then feeling that, that, you know, obviously the strain in his hamstring where he grabs it, I, all I could think about is fantasy football. And, you know, players are usually out for at least a month. So all I can say is I'm happy. I'm happy. Maybe it's a real mild strain in the hamstring. Um, and hopefully that's that's all it is. If it's seven to ten days, that's, uh, that's I think, good news. But Tage Thompson coming back. Um, is another thing. Jack Quinn is is starting to skate with the team. Another positive thing. Uh, Zemgus Gergensen is going to be back skating with the team. So these are all real positive. They've been hit uh, with uh, a bit of the injury bug, but it was nice to hear some some positive news moving forward with some of those guys that, that were injured. So anyway. Thomas, let me ask you something. What do you know about Detroit? Sabres played Detroit tonight. I think Detroit has, has played a really good brand of hockey, and I think they're figuring out how to win hockey games against, you know, tight games, higher scoring games. I think, you know, that that's a coach that came in from a winning mentality, a winning organization, and it took, you know, his first year to kind of gather of what they have. All of a sudden, we all know what Iserman does. He surrounds his young players with veteran players. Um. Had, I mean, that's a good team. And with the addition of Kane, I mean, that's only a bonus. So I think that's that's it's one of the teams in the East, right, where we talked at the start of the year, in my opinion, with, with Ottawa and the Buffaloes, that one of those teams has to make a step up. And um, Detroit has shown that they have um, taken it's been, that step. It's been gradual, but it's been, it's been noticeable. Mm-hmm. Every year they're making changes to the roster. Every year they're getting a little bit better. They're winning a few more games. You know, like last year it was supposed to be Ottawa and Detroit really kind of coming. Ottawa is surprising me. I have no idea what's going on there. No idea what's going on there in Ottawa. But Well, they've also played six less games than the Sabres. They've played almost five or six less games than every team in the league. So once they catch up with games, then let's talk about the Ottawa Senators because right now, I mean, if they win four out of the six games, they're going to be in freaking a playoff spot. They better start packing those games in, though, because the schedule gets tough after Christmas. Yeah, I, I don't understand why there's so many behind. I know they went over to Europe, right? Yeah. But so did the Maple Leafs, and they're, they're at 22. 
Um, who else was over there? The Wild, they're at 22. And what was the fourth team? Right. Detroit was over. Okay. Yeah, and they're at 23 games. So th- they're all 22, 23, and then Ottawa at 19. So, Well, you know what that means. I mean, that means their schedule at some point in time is going to get real busy. Yeah. Um, Which can be a good thing, right? If you're playing the right – if you get on a good hot streak, you, you want to play games. When, when you're – you know, have injuries and you're not playing your best. That's the last thing you want is, you know, six games and nine nights. So we'll see. But I, I do agree with Petey. That Ottawa team, I mean, I've watched a few games of there. I'm not going to sit here and say I watch every Ottawa Senators game. But every time I watch them, I like their team. They play fast. Their D is good. I think their goaltending, I mean, hasn't been great, but they have good goaltending. If their veterans yeah. are producing. Like they have, they have a, they have a good balanced team. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. here, here's, here's the uh, tough part about. I, I'm going to talk about the six games that I, that I'm saying that they're behind the Sabers. Okay. Mm-hmm. They play the Rangers, number one team in the East. They play the Toronto Maple Leafs, not an easy team to play. You play the Detroit Red Wings, not an easy team to play. You play the Carolina Hurricanes. Not an easy team to play. Then you have St. Louis, Dallas, Anaheim. And then you have the easy game in Arizona. Actually, no, they're on a five-game winning streak. They're on a heater. I mean, Ribs, let me then, stop you right there. I know you you were you guys were doing this yesterday with the the, the Sabres, right? The next five games. Yep. I think those days are gone where you look at the schedule and be like. This should be a win. This should be a win. I mean, look look at last night. The Flyers beat the Penguins. And I, the Flyers, I'm impressed. They, they work. Torts has them. Well, they have balls. in 100%. As, as Torts was saying. They got balls. Yeah. <laughs> Lightning come back, beat Dallas Stars 4-0, and got smoked, what, a few days ago by them, 8-1. Montreal beat Seattle. The Jets yeah. beat the Hurricanes. So, so my whole point is, I, I know what you're saying, like where there are the standings now, but it's not when we played. You had those. There was a big difference from, you know, the top eight teams, and then the middle ground. I thought was didn't exist really. I mean, it, it existed, but now it's it's just crazy. I mean, you have a few bottom teams that can still win on a given night. I feel like now you have like three majorly elite teams. Mm-hmm. Then you have about 16 teams that could literally compete and beat any other team on any night. And then you have the other teams that are just kind of like, you don't know what you're going to get. But that's, that's the just... thing. The most important thing is those bottom teams, the bottom fact, feeder I, I, does per se, they're beating. They're beating. Actually, teams. I forget that there's 32 teams in this league now. There's more like 22 teams that are in the in the middle there. There's there's yeah, that was gonna be my next. It's not 16. It's yeah. I think it's it's 22 to 24 teams. Yeah, it maybe it really is. So so looking at the schedule, it doesn't matter. What you have to look at nowadays is how do you play? How can we improve? Like, look at yourself on a nightly basis. Do you think and that's how to because, get more consistent? Do you think that's because a lot of these teams are just like cardboard cutouts of each other? Well, dad, and I think How they're there's just more talent, right? There, there's, it's it's a lot deeper. I mean, kids come in now or draft at the high draft picks and they can make impacts. They don't need to sit in the minors for two, three years. Some of them do, but some don't. Like uh, I watched a little bit of the the, the Coyotes. I mean, they're playing, like, <laughs> Riff just mentioned it, five-game heater, the last five Stanley Cup champions. Oh, they they are- just all beat them. By they were the winning best. five nothing last night against the Washington Capitals. Five nothing in the first period. Mm-hmm. They ended up going on to win six nothing. They probably put the brakes on. Uh, the coach started to utilize the Empty full bench, right? And well, so I, I, I guarantee you, their coaches. You know, he comes in after the first period, and he wasn't like, "Oh, this is a great start. Let's let's see if we can get five more in the second. I'm sure the message was, this is where the good teams learn how to keep it at 5-0. We don't need any more goals. 
Now we need structure. Work on your, your defensive play for structure. Play your goalie. Play for your goalie. But that chip in pucks. You don't have to skate all of them in. You know, if if there's a play to be made that's not a hundred percent, well, take the odds and just get a deep. So this, those are the games where you're trying to learn the right way and not not go for cookies. And that's that team is. I like them. I think they have a real chance of making the playoffs. Well, a lot of these teams are going to get help next year because the salary cap's going up. What's it going up? Four million or something like that? Yeah. 87, uh, 87 and a half, what they're talking about right now for next year's uh, salary cap, which, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot in one year when it goes up four million bucks. It's a third line player. Well, it's a lot for, for a lot of teams, right? But then... I just saw this yesterday and I thought it was funny, you know, when the cap was announced that it's going up. Well, it's not really going up for the Edmonton Oilers, right? Because Connor Brown signs a a deal for a million dollars and then has a bonus for three and a half that carries to the following year or something like that. I'm like, well, there's their little cap space gone. I don't know. I still think the it's a joke. If I'm a player, if I would still be playing, I would be given my new what is it, Marty Walsh, I would be giving him heat. I'm like, these teams are selling for a billion dollars and you're raising our cap $4 million. They should be raising it by $15 million. I saw the Sabres franchise value. What was it, $900 million? Yeah, probably. Probably it's going to be, yeah, somewhere around there. Like, was it? I, th- I feel like it was just under Ottawa, but it was it was a lot more than I thought it would have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like well, Terry lot. Pagula, Terry Pagula bought the Sabers for what, two hundred and no, two hundred million, two hundred sixty no. million. One, I don't one, even think it was that one sixty-five. I think yeah. Galasano made about a hundred million because he bought yeah. him for like sixty-two million. That sounds right, PD. Might have maybe like one eighty. I don't know, but not over two hundred million. Not even no. He built every. He built every. You know the renovations, the rank. He built the Harbor Center and all that stuff. I mean that's. That's kind of like a side dish. Uh, that's not owner. That's not the cost of the team. But point is, is I just I point is once him. he sells it, you think that was a pretty good investment for him? I don't know. He's lost probably twenty five <laughs> or thirty million a year for ten years. He's owned it, so there's three hundred million out the window. Yeah, that's true. That's not true. a chance. Not a no way. He's losing that much money. Hundred percent. No. Hundred percent. No. Hundred percent. Well, hundred percent that they were they were losing we were, money. Hundred percent. That's what we were told by an executive that worked for the team. But hundred percent, that guy could be completely full of shit because he was full of shit about ninety nine point nine percent of the time. That is, I don't believe that one bit. That's uh, listen. That's a number that that we had been told or heard that it was like Sabers. I didn't we even hear Craig as high as forty million. He paid $189 million for it. Okay. Uh, back in 2011. It is now valued at $900 million. <laughs> Yeah. Going to have to uh, sell a lot of $50 beef on Wex. And uh, when is the TV deal up? Isn't that coming up soon? With MSG? No, I'm no. talking in general, the NHL. It's like five or six year deals, right? A couple or a few years. They've done, I think they've done a good job with the TV side of things. When you look at the business of the sport, I mean, hockey's on pretty much every single night. Yes, uh, absolutely. I think that was the greatest. I mean, we talked about this when we're in the league. Let's take mm-hmm. as players, right? Let, let's take a lesser deal and let's get back on ESPN because the future is going to be better for us. But they don't listen to players. We know that. Outdoor network. The outdoor life network. We were right in between. Hockey came on between, I think it was like uh, fishing and then late night hunting. (laughs) And then somewhere slapped in there was a hockey game. (laughs) And you couldn't even find it. Remember how hard it was to find that channel? Got the guy with the the mullet. Embarrassing. Embarrassing for the league. Oh, my God. That was so bad. But Walt Walt Disney (laughs) Company, which owns ESPN, 
they signed a seven-year agreement with the NHL that began in the 2021-22 season. So there's um, seven years. So what do they have? Four four more years left? Yeah. So maybe the Canadian deal I was thinking of. It might have been the Rogers. No, the Rogers deal might might be coming up. You might be right, Thomas, on that. Because that was like a, a something. It was a... I can't remember how much it was like five billion dollars over. Yeah, that was a large deal. But I can't remember how many years that was. That wasn't like a ten-year deal, was it? Because it. Well, I'll tell you what. That deal was probably done in 2015 or something like mm-hmm. around there, right? It yeah. was actually the year Connor McDavid came in the league, if I'm not mistaken. That's why be. he ended up in Edmonton. <laughs> they be. they needed him in Edmonton. The NHL. They are like, we're going to pay five billion dollars for this contract. We are going to have Connor McDavid in Canada on our network, so we can profit on it and then he ends up in Edmonton what a poor guy he is but you know for the next generation those TV deals that's that's huge I mean do you go to streaming services right do you do you sell it to multiple I mean that's you talk about HRR that's your biggest one is your TV deal I mean look at the NBA NFL the, the salaries are outrageous because well, the of NFL TV deal, TV deal covers their Every, I think they get, what do they get? 500 million per team? I think somewhere close to that. 400, 500 million. And what's their salary cap? Before the season even starts, right? Yeah. What's the salary cap in the NFL? 250? I I don't, I think 500 million is, seems. 400 million. Each team receives 400 million before the season even starts. That's just the TV rights banner. That And that all goes to the owners. 400. How many teams are in the NFL? 32, right? 500 million might be a lot, Riff. <laughs> They're guaranteed 125.5. Hold on. What year Hold was on. that article? Yeah, that's no, it's more than that. They get like 250 now, maybe. 250 makes sense. 250 makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think the TV deal is like 10 million, $10 billion. So listen, the league's current TV. And streaming deals come from a massive upside, billionaires, blah, blah, blah. And it says that over the next decade, the NFL is guaranteed $125.5 billion. That's $3.925 billion per team in TV money. So this is is August 2000. So it's an average of $390 million a year. Want to take that back, Ben uh, Thomas? Well, we said five hundred, so but you no, said four four hundred. It was it was it was four hundred five hundred million. I, but that's regardless. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It covers their entire covers everything before they even sell a ticket or jersey or parking or hot dog or beer or anything. Says right here in 2000, 2021 banner that each team uh, receives three hundred million dollars a year in TV deals. So they make a lot of money. Oh, they yeah. make a lot of money. That's why those franchises are worth billions of dollars, and uh, the stadiums are worth uh, you know over a billion dollars. And uh, big business, big 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 business. Okay. Howdy Kane's not going to play tonight. I guess he's not quite ready. Which is yeah, totally not understandable, right? I mean, yeah. to kind of practice with the team, get his bearings, get familiar with everything. I, I don't think that... Uh, but even I if don't he think was there's ready, any rush. do you think he wants to come back and play his first game in Buffalo as a Red Wing? Don't you think he has enough on his plate trying to acclimate there and get comfortable? I don't know. I mean... Good point. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything to I that? I don't think so at all. I think or maybe it's not like whatever. he's a rookie. That guy has played. He's won cups. He's done it all. You think that phases him? I don't think at no, all. I think the, it is the biggest it, thing is you got to be in game shape. And they're being patient with him. And, you know, and that's the right thing to do. You don't want to just because you have skated for, I don't know, what is it, 60 days already, skating on your own and doing skill stuff. It's never the same than doing line rushes, two and ones, whistle, stop, get back. That's I just good. That, hope. that takes time. 
I want him. I, I want him once he's up to speed. I want to see him obviously not dominate. He's not going to dominate again, but I want to see him shred it for what his expectations are. I do. I do. I want to see that he has game left. I want everyone to be wrong about this guy who didn't want him in Buffalo. I know he's not the fit right now, but fuck, we could use him. We got a lot of, a lot of injuries. You point a finger at me. You point a finger at me, Andrew. Because I didn't want him. This, this finger. I I was happy with, uh, you know, listen, he's undeniable and an incredible hockey player. I just think that we have, once we're healthy, once once the Sabres are healthy, you have Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, Cousins, Middlestat, J.J. Paterka. Um, you have Zach Benson. You have uh, Quinn. There are far too many players that are like, that play a similar style to a Patrick Kane. And I'm not saying, listen, I went through the league today. I went through the entire league and we were talking about this before. There's not a lot of teams that have like these fighters and, and these like, Oh, we need more toughness. You know what we need after I literally went and researched every single team in the league, the Sabres just need to be harder to play against. They need to dig in, have to find a way just to dig in. Actually, you know, a guy, someone just popped in my head when I was in Columbus, and I'm, I still like him as a player, just hasn't done much, was Josh Anderson. He's in Montreal now. Yep. I mean, he is a, that's a big man. And he, I mean, I yep. could see his skill in practice. I thought yep. he was going to be, you know, eventually step into that role of what we call a power forward who can score 25, 30 and be physically. Just Rivs was, Rivs was hot big. after him when he became a UFA, but he had shoulder issues. I think he got hurt. He was- yeah, he he has that injury issues. That's for sure. And maybe that's you know what's what's maybe slowed him, him slowed him down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But um, he was one guy at when I was there. I was you know you, anytime you go to a new team, which I've been to a few, you always appreciate some guys more than when you played against them because you're like, I didn't know he had this. He was definitely one of those guys. Yeah. Well, he had 17 goals one year, and then the following year he had 19. And that was when Andrew and I um, talked about him a lot. You know, he was a young guy at the time. He was having some contract squabble with uh, with Columbus. Columbus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, dive into that right there. He fought dive Jamie into Benn. that right Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember he had a good scrap with Jamie Benn. So the next year Jamie he scored Benn. 27. There's- yeah. Uh, and then he had the so- shoulder surgery. Okay. And in that next year, after the shoulder surgery in 26 games played, he, pl- he had one goal. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And we were wondering what the heck, like what's wrong with them. And, and then they ended up shutting him down the rest of the year. If you remember that. So they didn't want him to play cause he was clearly not, playing at the level that he should. They were worried about his shoulder, so they shut him down in the rest of the year. Here's what they did. They shipped him out to uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Okay? 52 games the first year, he had 17 goals. 69 games, he had 19 goals. 69 games last year, he had 21 goals. This year, he's got one goal in 25 games. Yeah. Now, I would be the first guy... Uh, on the planet right now to say, I will take me some of that Josh Anderson right now. The problem with him is he makes five and a half million dollars a year. And you can't, you can't, I, I don't think the contract number adds up to what you're going to get from Josh Anderson. Yeah. But, but at this point, if the Montreal Canadians don't want him and you see him a fit in your lineup for whatever team, you are GMing. You're not taking him at five and a half. There's okay, some attention. Now, now you're 100%. talking. Brock Besser. Okay. Nobody wanted him last year at six point. What does he make? 6.5. Uh, yes. 6.5. Told the agent, yeah, go ahead. Seek a trade. They were willing. What I heard is to hold money back, retain some of that. Probably not not half, but you know, I don't know, a million and a half to two million. Six and nobody six wanted five. them. 
Huh? 6.65. Yeah. There was word about the Sabres were, and there was word that they were interested. I don't know if it was ever going anywhere, but. Yeah, and that's a young man who I played with, and I I've, I said this on this show. I, I would have gotten him. I mean, if, if they're willing to retain some of this, he's young. He, he's proved he can score in this league. He's got a lot going on in his life with his dad. It's always hard to make that trade, though, for players that are struggling at the time, right? But, but now, that's, that's all of a sudden, in get... hindsight, you look at it, and you're like, oh, God, <laughs> I wish I could have got him back then. We could have got him for, you know, $5 million and he's how many goals do you have? I think he's leading the, is 17. he not leading the lead in sco- in scoring mm-hmm. 17 goals? Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess my question goes back to when you look at the Sabres and what they need and what they could use on their roster, would a Josh Anderson type player for them make sense? Even though you, he makes five and a half million dollars, but I don't think you're going to be paying five and a half million dollars for him. Is Montreal willing to give up? something okay to make a trade like that and say okay we're not taking them for five five uh, we'll take them for for four correct you're gonna eat you're gonna eat a million and a half of the salary but we're gonna make it we're gonna make it up to you on 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 the back end meaning what what we give for for josh anderson i think it would be a player that i would be all over but again it's it's as a as, it's it's easy for us to sit here and be like, oh yeah, th- this is it, this is it. But for a GM, it's it's and, and again, I, I shouldn't speak like it because I've never been a GM, but just speaking of a person who I think knows the game well, you're not gonna win every trade. I mean, I've been traded before. Many everyone's been traded before. Yeah. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people. You're not gonna win every trade. You know that going in. But there's certain risks if you want to elevate your team, you have to take. Okay, if this works out, is it going to help us out? Yes. If it doesn't work out 100%, is it going to make us that much worse? It's not like you're taking on a, a $9 million player that needs to work out. Like a team of Meyer for me, that's in Jersey, hasn't worked out yet. Well, that to me is a bigger issue because you you just committed eight years to a guy at, eight, I don't eight. know, 8-8. Eight, eight. But you bring in a guy like him, you, you want him on the third line, and it doesn't work out. It's not the end of the world. You're it's not only tied. money. It's only money. It's not their money. At least you're trying. Like, at least you're trying to fix something. That's what I'm saying. And if it works, yeah. he looks like a genius. If it doesn't, well, then you might eventually lose your job because you traded for players that didn't work. But well, you throw my long term can... IR, and <laughs> yeah. you just say, yeah, but... on, you know, on to the next, on to the next, you know, attempt to try to right. fix the team. And, and that's, like, that's I'm, so, you I'm sorry. Do, right? you can, if you're willing, if you're willing to sit and lose as an owner, I'm not saying in Buffalo. I'm just saying anywhere. To, to as we've seen it almost more and more, where you've seen teams intentionally not do well for a higher draft pick. I won't use the word tank, but if you're willing to sit through that as an owner, then you should be able to sit on dead money on your salary cap that isn't counting against your salary cap if the guy ends up on long term IR, because at least. You're trying to to get a piece and maybe rejuvenate a piece that you desperately need for pennies on the dollar, you know, or for not much trade return. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to give up a lot for this guy. Well, the LTIR, I think it's proven that it's worked pretty well for Tampa. Oh, it worked for Vegas. Worked for Vegas. But again, and you said it, you have to have an owner who's committed to it, right? Because at the end of the day, it's their He's money. The yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and, and trust me, I mean, these guys aren't in the business of wanting to lose money. But if money's no object, which here in Buffalo, we were told if I need money, I'll dig another well, then sit on your dead money and just continue to try to try to build a winner in any way you can. Go get Josh Anderson. I guess that's the answer <laughs> on a much more upsetting note. My son's elf has, hasn't moved in two days. He's upside down in a candle stand. <laughs> I like, my kid turns to me. He goes, Dad, my elf hasn't moved in two days. I'm like, Puck. 
<laughs> I'm like, you know what? He probably fell asleep watching that Monday night football game. <laughs> there you go. I mean, what are you talking about? He loves sleeping upside down. He's like a bat. Poor kid. God, what a business that is. How do we not uh, come up with that? And it's right. It's literally you walk around every store. It's right on the fucking shelf everywhere. It's like elf on the shelf, elf on the shelf. Yep. Just open it up, kid. And there's your there's your doll. Why are we why do we do this to our children? The Easter bunny and all this shit. Why do we do this to them? I just don't get it. Even Santa's a stretch. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he wants, Feeny wants to take Santa away now. Some oh guy. What some, are you talking some guy, about? Some guy who doesn't have any idea who you are, Brody, is watching your every move. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Just a quick congratulations to Victor Hedman. Played his thousandth game. And not only did he play a thousand, he played a he played a thousand games with the same team. There's do you know how many players have played a thousand games for one team? If you okay. were to guess Vanner, you I already told, I think. No, you didn't tell me. I didn't? No. All right. I could All name right. probably a few of them. I don't want you to name them. Okay. Um, 20 players. But, 20 players. So we're talking about the history of the game. Yeah. No, not 20 players. So, Definitely not 20 players. You think it's lower, Petey? Yeah. Yeah. So how many? Prob- how many? How probably many? Probably by half. I probably think lower. So. 400, 400 players or a little over 400 players have played 1,000 games in the NHL. Yeah. So out of I, I those, think it's I think it's higher than 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 twenty. I can only name two for sure. Two, I can I can name. Yeah, I can name. I can two. What do you mean? Oh, Crosby, Ovet. No, Crosby, Ovechkin, Iserman, Lemieux. Well, the Sedins. There's two of them right there. Okay, there's six. We are uh, not Zetterbergs. We're not going to do this, are we? No, we're not going to do this. I'm I'm saying it's in the thirties. Oh wow! Okay, thirties. Yeah. I'm going to say less than 10. Less than 10. It's probably a really stupid comment, probably. The answer is 79 players. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 79 players have played a 1,000 games for one team. Did Palmerville do it? Did Palmerville do it with Buffalo? No, he played here in Minnesota. Yeah. Um. I panicked. I was going to say well over 50 and then PD's throwing out like seven and we just <laughs> named like we, we like named nine in like two seconds. Well, it sounds right. like a pretty, it sounds yeah. like an unbelievable feat. I mean, yeah, you but you look, I mean, Kopitar, Dustin Brown. I mean, right. you know, I mean, you it, can, I think it happens a lot more. If we for, were to sit here and, uh, for half an hour, I bet you we could name 40 minimum. Yeah, I agree. Scott Stevens probably. There would have been a lot. Fun. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, but Chara, well, I, Chara played, what, 1,500 games? I know he started out in, with the Islanders and then Ottawa, but he, he played 1,000 games. What about Patrick Marlowe? He had to have played 1,000 with San Jose. Yeah, but he started with the Islanders. Patrick, Patrick. Kane, Jonathan Taves. Did they get to a foul? Kane did for sure got a foul. Brett Seabrook. Duncan Keith. Yeah, four guys on one team. Under <laughs> ten, he said. God damn it! And I panicked and said, "For I was going to say, <laughs> Joe Sackick. He he did. He, he was hundred percent. No, 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 no. Well, I don't know if they uh because be they're with uh, the same franchise. Sure, right? Gordy Howe's in there. Well, Yager. I mean, no, the Ox didn't play a thousand with a franchise. You don't think he played a thousand games? He played like how many games did he play? 700 or 1700 probably played on more teams than me i know but he moved around a lot later on in his career i bet you he came close to a thousand games in pittsburgh no he was only in pittsburgh from from like 91 to 97 yeah he was in washington the same amount of time i would say washington you're probably right. 
No, we are right. Yeah, we are. I'm trying to think. Uh, how about the 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 Sabers? We that that one. We Gilbert Perot probably. Yeah. Did Danny Gare get there? I don't know if he played a thousand games. Yeah. The other guys in the connection didn't play a thousand games. The uh, well, you Good brought question, up though. It's fun. Yeah, you well, you brought up the initial conversation started with Hedman playing his thousandth yeah. game. I'm sure Stamkos is there too, or at least he has a thousand yeah. points anyway. Um, did you hear the reporter fart during Vasilevsky's interview? <laughs> what? Was it a reporter or just a player walking oh, by the scrum? That doesn't. Yeah, I, I hope if that was a reporter, they would at least try to be a little more discreet about it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like clinch them a little bit and try to let let like let ease the valve. You know, <laughs> that was like a full on guy sitting on a wooden bench and just lifted his cheek and ripped one. I remember McKee used to fart all the time in in stretch. He's dead. It was nasty. He used to fart all the time, and he said, "I remember one day like guys were just giggling, laughing, and he just leans over and he goes, What is it about a fart that still makes you giggle?' Eh, you know, it, is. Just- it still does.'" Just remember walking by the bathroom stall and Mika Nornum was <laughs> unloading his pregame meal. Oh my god, it sounded like Dumb and Dumber in there. Yeah, PD, you have unless you're a great bullshitter, which I know you no. are as well. <laughs> no. You have the great. I'm with riffs. Like I'm listening to these shows, and you're mentioning shit that he used I, to. I have eat. no memory. I have. I, sometimes him. I forget that I even played in Columbus. He used to, and you're bringing up, up freaking. A guy taking a shit, and you know his because, name. Because if Mika was so unhealthy, okay, <laughs> said he would eat a pound of ground beef and his pasta and his pregame meal. And he would come to the rink, and it was, his stomach would be so upset. I mean, I played in seven different places, and I couldn't even tell you where I lived in half of them. Oh, and you man. remember, you, you remember <laughs> a fucking preseason game. He's yeah, Rain Thomas. Man. He's literally Rain Man. But Thomas, yeah. but Thomas, you knew where to find the stats when you needed them, though, didn't you? The Those were in the shitter. Those were in the shitter. Those stats were heavenly. Just yeah. a Bible of statistics. Well, that was our awesome. Twitter. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> that was our. That's how you found out about the other teams and stuff, right? Like, oh, fuck, that guy's hot on this team. Got a five-game point streak. That was our Twitter. Amazing. Yeah, that was... Just imagine the bacteria on those things. Is that your NCAA trophy behind you? It's a little replica, yeah. Found it the other day in the basement. Revs, we don't need to hear about your basement. We've heard that before. Go ahead, Rev. Tell them about how... uh... (laughs) Tell everybody again how you ended up with the basement that you have. That I do remember hearing it once or twice. Uh. Craig got a haircut yesterday. He calls me, he gets in the car, and he goes, look like a fucking model. All right, I'm out. You're <laughs> such, like, I can't really hear all this anymore. 